Hi, this is Will Greenwood in for Vernon Kay, and welcome to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Each week we take you behind the scenes with exclusive England rugby content. We're back once again in the England camp, and today we're joined by... I was, I was a, a grade one pianist, it's not very impressive. Yes, we get the inside line on England flanker and super student Sam Underhill. I was in the papers when I was a kid, I had, yeah. I had really big feet and hands. I had like three month old shoes as a newborn or something like that. It's a very small town in rural Ohio. Also coming up, the Red Roses' Sarah Byrne takes our three tracks challenge. There's a line in it, it's like I want to leave my footprints in the sands of time, like that was kind of me getting ready. We hear Marley Packer's rugby journey. It's a game of rugby, someone wins, someone loses, and we both had brilliant games, but New Zealand came out on top. And James Haskell tells us his dream dinner party lineup. I think I'd get Ricky Gervais along. I've not met him. Hopefully he would he would come to the fore. I'd love to get the rock along. So Sam, take us back to the early days of Sam Underhill, where it all began, where you were brought up, early rugby. So I was born in Ohio. My dad was in the forces. I moved over back home to England and uh, we're in Peterborough for all the time I was in primary school. They didn't really play rugby. There was one kid at school, I think he played rugby and I thought he was a bit of a nutter. And then... You played football? um, Just a normal... I played football. I was a very poor right back. Quite a physical right back, which wasn't really an attribute, which (laughs) is necessary. Not going to go flying down the left wing. My my throwing was good. And then some mum and dad, both from Gloucestershire, met in the RAF. Both sets of grandparents and family stuff still, still based in Gloucestershire. So we moved back there. Went to Thomas Richards in Gloucester, and then that's when I started playing rugby. Everyone remembers their first teacher or the teacher that they would follow anyway in terms of, let's go play on an ice pitch today. <laughs> Who was the teacher that in- inspired you? Reese Williams was the main guy, big Welsh yeah. Welsh guy who played for Eberville. The steel men. When we were kids and stuff, he was just like enormous, like man mountain. Yeah. Um, still pretty big now, mind, but um, yeah. sort of no nonsense. In those like big heavy cotton jerseys, yeah. that, that, which were horrible. When shorts a bit wet. tight. Shorts, boots. cotton shorts that never really fit. Socks, like minus elastication, so yeah. you kind of fall down to your ankles. And um, that, so this takes you, this is at school, and did you join yeah. the local club? Yeah, so then when I was about 13, I think, I was still no good, but I joined uh, Long Levens, which yeah. was like our village the school was in so village next to mine a load of boys from school sort of started there and loads of boys from just sort of around like I played football with and stuff like that um, previously so it's all about just being around hanging around with your muckers messing around smashing a few tackles getting burger and chips pretty much yeah it was it was pretty uh, you know grassroots and stuff and it was good fun it was just we managed to stay together till we were about 17 I think right. so it was, it was a good group in terms of physique, clearly you're so balanced in terms of the power you generate in both shoulders. Is it something, were you alongside that, did you start training early or is it a natural physique that you were lucky to to be born with? I was like fairly lean as a kid. Yeah. Um, I suppose my old man's quite stocky and my mum's side's all quite tall and rangy. Um, so I'm not quite tall, but um, yeah. I was, I was, my, my dad's side of the family are all sort of capped to like 5'9", 5'8", 5'9". So I was lucky to sort of... And you burst skate, through like, to climb, climb down I say 6'1". Some of the boys will tell you 5'11". 5'10 and a half have been cruel. Um, so in and around there. But yeah. I managed to sort of climb out the horrible expression of climb out the gene pool yeah. from my dad's side of the family height-wise. He's quite a stocky guy, quite a powerful guy. So, so you did a lot of training with your old man? He was a rugby player himself when he was young. He played for... Cheltenham played for yeah. Coventry, I think, when, when Coventry were, were pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and he played for like Quinn's Colts, Bath Uni, sort of stuff like that. So he um, he played a bit at hooker and flanker. He got really into like cross-country running right. um, and sort of endurance events. And my sister's a really good cross-country runner. So when I was sort of like 12, 13, I remember him taking me on first sort of cross-country runs, three-mile loop around the village, which were yeah. incredibly hard then. So mm-hmm. I think he probably, uh, it's just as well. He probably got you going yeah. into the training mentality. I know alongside all this that you were really keen on your studies 
uh, and focusing on that. I mean, you're giggling there. Is this, is this some sort of urban myth, like Marrow's a great poet? I haven't heard any of his work, but um, yeah. no, I was, I was just laughing. I probably more sort of academic now than I was when I was actually in school. Yeah. But like, as in when I was at school, a lot of my friends were very academic. I was probably the least academic of them. And then yeah. when I left, I thought, oh, I've missed a trick here. I should have, especially when I was applying to unis and stuff, I was like, I should have probably worked a little bit harder to, to sort of, to, to get to that. I've got to understand that most people would go, most young kids would go into an academy and start thinking about professional rugby. You were thinking, I could do that, but I must do my university alongside it. Or at that stage, the academies hadn't come knocking. I was at, I was at Gloucester Academy from when I was about 15. My sisters had all gone to university. All my friends were kind of planning on going to university. And if I'm honest, at that point, I was actually probably more focused on my rugby than I was my A-level. So I think my A-level, I got ABC in the end. I think my A-level suffered a fair bit. So I applied for university, got offers at Cardiff and Loughborough. I ended up flipping a coin and I landed on Cardiff. So I took it and then deferred it for the year. So I kind of... not. Did you genuinely uh, flick a coin? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, but um, I was out in South Africa when I got my results right. um, on, on the 18 store. It was kind of split because I was like, these are two good unis, obviously two fairly good sporting unis as well. So then you go to Cardiff and then you got to join a rugby club. I did take up a year at Gloucester. Um, yeah. So I did like a, a full senior year. So I think at that point I was kind of thinking that's what I wanted to do full time. And then I think it was that year that I kind of changed my mind. And I was, I was really glad that I had done the university application and then deferred it. When I got to the end of that year, it meant I had an option other than to sort of stay there. So I yes. think... Are you um, like the you know, Kevin De Bruyne at Chelsea who they let him go and he comes back like their £850 million player. With Gloucester, did they make the greatest error ever? He lost me at football, mate. <laughs> <laughs> More from Sam Underhill shortly, but the England Rugby Podcast went to see England's Sarah Byrne for another edition of the Three Tracks Challenge. The three songs that have had the most impact in my life would be number one, Beyonce, I was here. I remember going to like my first sevens tournament. There's a line in it, it's like I want to leave my footprints in the sands of time. Like that was kind of me getting ready. I want to be a player, but not just any player. I wanted to be someone that would have an impact on the game. My second song is Mumford and Sons, There Will Be a Time, which is kind of similar, but this one's more about the music. So it's not really the words, it's more of like the feeling of the song and how it builds up. I find it really inspirational. It's just like, be patient, things might not go right, but your time will come. And my third one is actually like a really new one that I really like at the minute, which is Kesha. This is me. It's a song about no matter what anyone says to you or how different you are or if there's things that you don't agree with, then that's you and you will like shine your own experiences and stuff like that. Hi, this is Ben Teo and you're listening to England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Back now to the second part of my chat with Sam Underhill. Talk to me about the Wales experience. I mean, you loved it down there? It was, uni yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was a different sort of life. For those of you listening to... on podcast, he's he's grinning in a very wry fashion. Sorry. And I'm trying to work out what that's that nostalgia. means. That's, that's, that's that's nostalgia. That's nostalgia. Nostalgia yeah. kicking in. That's nostalgia from very few responsibilities at uni. Um, yeah. But no, it was it was obviously great fun. My agent then, he's from South Wales. He he picked up a gig at Bridgend. I said, that'd be great. Because I could kind of earn some money on the side of university, still play rugby at a decent level. I've been playing for Cinderford previously, so I suppose yeah. it's a comparable side. You've got to learn, you know, you're a well-spoken English kid. Yeah, and was, you're in yeah. South Wales at Bridgend <laughs> playing against Ebba Vale. That is as great a rugby education as anyone can ever. You've got to look after yourself. Yeah, my English accent got dialed down quite a bit. Um, 
<laughs> sort of picked up all the colloquialisms and stuff. Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed it. And then I got picked up for pre-season the Ospreys and it was during the World Cup years. So they had a lot of players away. I think they had 18, 18 odd players away. Which World Cup? You're so young. 20, 2015. 2015. Yeah, 2015 World Cup. So, so they had like 18 odd players away. I was meant to be studying as well. Like I, I was fully intending just to go yeah. to Cardiff and play a bit of rugby on the side and kind of flipped the balance of it. I was just trying to find the time for uni really because I realised I'd accidentally kind of started playing. I sort of You'd committed. accidentally started playing I'd top level yeah, rugby. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden I was playing rugby full time and I was like, how am I going to fit my studying around this? Yeah. So for the first year it was fine um, and it was good. I was living in halls, which was a good experience, leaving to go out as people were coming back in and stuff. How do you relax away from, from rugby? What floats your butt? I'm reading in the notes, you, you love golf. Uh, you're a big, <laughs> wow. yeah, 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 I know you, it's amazing. Oh, I don't yeah. know where these these notes come I from. I'm going to sack my uh, producer. Um, if my mates from uni are listening to this, they'll be absolutely. Are you the worst golfer ever? I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know how you can swing not, with those biceps. I'm not the worst <laughs> golfer ever. Um, um, I try. So to, you're an amateur hacker who enjoys uh, it. I'm an amateur. I've yeah, occasionally got a straight drive, um, and that's about it. Dogs? You like dogs? Ridgebacks? Yeah, I got two Ridgebacks. At home. Have you called? Um, Alfie and Rocky. Um, nice. They're kind of family dogs, but Rocky, me and my dad sort of split them. So he's, he's got Alfie and I've got Rocky. So they're cool. Uh, hopefully Named after? Rocky. I was like, if he turns out to be a big dog, yeah. it'll be quite an apt name. And if he turns out to be a small dog, it'll be quite an ironic name. So it's quite an ironic name because he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a wimp. Top level rugby now is back page news. It's big stuff, middle of the Six Nations. What, what allows you to get away from the sport? Uh, coffee shops are very popular baths full of just like coffee shops and miniature dachshunds so that's one of their sort of passions I think there is, yep. is the flat white reading so, on your own private time headphones uh, on or with three or four lads uh, chewing the fat both to be fair I like sort of spending time on my own doing stuff like I enjoy do you mean like reading books and, and watching favourite book stuff. ever we'd have instead of three tracks we'd have three books oh, Sam God. Underhill's three books that's horrible or one that's, that's, in case that's terrible called your bluff uh, <laughs> yeah no I, I just read I finished uh, Americana by Chimamanda uh, Adichie which was I really enjoyed that as Let the Great World Spin I like that by Colin McCann very much enjoyed that I quite enjoy uh, books from a different perspective so Chimamanda Adichie is obviously uh, a very very different person to, to, to myself and I enjoy reading her the way it's quite I think it's quite nuanced the way like writing a book You've always got a bit of yourself in whatever yeah. you create, I think. And if you're always reading books that are written by a certain type of person, yeah. whether that be not not it's a bad thing, but whether that be a you know an Oxford graduate w- white guy in yeah. his middle ages, you know, you're always gonna they always read a certain way. Whereas um, different perspective, different perspective. I think you don't realize until you sort of start reading them. You think this this is a bit different. Why is this different? I'm enjoying this. Why am I enjoying this? Yeah. Compared to other books, and you think maybe it's because of the person writing it has had, has had different experiences. You didn't do um, philosophy at university, not economics. I'm doing politics at the moment, so I think... Right. It's so you like the social science part? I do, yeah. Well, that's why I sort of enjoyed economics. What I'm seeing, what I'm getting is a theme that you don't necessarily have to agree with what you read, but you like people who put an alternative spin on life. Yeah, I like people that, you know, they're open-minded. Like, I like the, the being open to being presented with new ideas and new evidence. Hi, this is Dan Cole, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Live. Subscribe on iTunes or at englandrugby.com. For more from Dan Cole, do check out last week's podcast where we spoke about topics such as wedding proposals and life in the front row, or better yet, subscribe through Acast, iTunes or your podcast provider and you can listen to all our previous pods. We're back with Sam Underhill shortly, but first Vernon Kay gave James Haskell some quick-fire questions 
starting with what his dream dinner party would look like. My favourite food is kind of Asian fusion. I love, um, there's an unbelievable um, Japanese restaurant in Hampstead that does incredible food. So I would have a kind of a Japanese meal throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, my guess would be, um, I think I'd get Ricky Gervais along. Yeah, nice. Really want to, I've not met him. I, I hope he's, I know obviously a lot of comedians are sometimes quite depressive and they're not, you know, people look at them and go, God, they make, make me laugh and it's not, you're not like that 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. But I, hopefully he would, he would come to the fore. I'd love to get The Rock along. We like Dwayne Johnson in our house. Great influencer. Yeah. Like yourself. Yeah. Is he an idol of yours because he trains so hard and works so hard? Why, why do you like it, the rock? It's everything across the board. I think he he fully embraces what social media should be about. I think he, he unbelievable work ethic. I think he seems very down to earth. Um, I love the fact he, you know, he posts he has tequila, that he eats bad food, he does this stuff, that he enjoys himself, he swears. Like, he doesn't pretend that he's anything that he's not. And there's a lot of people out there pretending that there's something that they're not, you know. Um, so I love I love that about him. Uh, best advice you've ever been given? Uh, you can lie to everyone else, but you can't lie to yourself. Very good. What sound or noise do you love? The sound of a digger. Uh, what superpower would you want? Invisibility. Really? Where yeah. would you go with invisibility? Oh, everywhere. F- first place I'd like literally go to GCHQ, find out what they were watching, what they were listening to, straight to number 10, straight over to America, fully into the CIA, everywhere. I want to know everything about everything. Really? Yeah, yeah 100%. I would be, knowledge would be my power. Is James Haskell bad at anything? Um, yes. Um, I am bad at... Uh, I leave piles around the house of little things because you know, I'm always busy, put one project down. Um, I am a great intentions man. Don't often follow through with it. I can't do more things... I can't do more than one thing at once. All right, fair enough. Hi, I'm Marley Packer, England's Open Side Flanker, and this is my rugby journey. My first rugby memory is playing in an under-8s tournament, um, and the whole pitch was just covered in mud and I sliding through it, not actually playing rugby. My favourite memory as a young player probably was my t- first TV appearance where I was eating a hot dog after a match. <laughs> I got my first England call-up after a Super Fours by Gary Street, asking me if I had a passport and date, then to follow by, you're coming on the next tour with us. When Gary told me, I couldn't quite believe it. Literally, we'd just got back from Super 4's trial, so it was like a two and a half hour journey back. And I'd just turned 18, so it was a little bit, really? The biggest challenge I've had in a rugby shirt so far is probably losing the World Cup final uh, last year. I think on the day we got everything right, it was just the fact that it's a game of rugby, someone wins, someone loses, and we both had brilliant games, but New Zealand came out on top. My favourite memory in an England shirt is, well, I've actually got two memories. Obviously winning the 2014 World Cup final, that was pretty amazing and something I'll never forget, but also in Amsterdam in 2015 qualifying for Rio. We had to beat New Zealand, and yeah, that was just a pretty awesome game and, and a memory that I won't ever forget. If I could summarise my career in three words, Packers got a punch. Thanks, Marley. That was technically four words, but we'll let you off. Let's now hear the final part of our chat with England's Sam Underhill. So you came back to England, uh, you're storming with Bath, and you get a call up on Argentina as your first sort of senior tour. Yep, yep. And how was that experience? I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it went all right. I was injured for the first first week, I think, and then second we got to play, which was good fun. So it was a bit of a weird one because 
you know, no one likes being injured, especially going away on tour, being injured. So you're a bit of a spare part, I guess, for the first uh, first week or so, which which was frustrating. But it was good because you kind of, you know, you still have to spend time with the boys off the field. I think they're always almost better in retrospect. You almost like look back at it and think that was really good crack. So looking back on it, it was awesome. Like, yeah, you, the, the, you forget all the bad bits when you come yeah, back and yeah, remember yeah. things. Yeah, but no, it was it was it was awesome. It was a really good tour. Um, it was a really good experience. Obviously, meeting all the guys. You sort of fast forward it now, what seven eight months, and you're sort of encamped in an England squad in the middle of a of a Six Nations. Um, how has the Six Nations been for you? Yeah, it's, it's been intense, very intense, very enjoyable. Um, I think it's a very re- rewarding environment. It's one of those where I think the more you, it's a bit cliche, but the more you put in, the more you get back. And I think the more you sort of contribute to the group, whether that's, you know, physically or, or verbally or, you know, from a, from a tactical, technical point of view, whatever it is, as long as you're contributing, you actually feel yeah. like you're part of something sort of, sort of very, very special, I guess. Um as a sort of new guy, I suppose you've got to, you know, try and pull your weight and make a good impression. So the championship's still alive. Ireland sort of have taken control by still being the unbeaten team, but England can get right back into it going to, to Paris. Um, what do you expect this week from Eddie? And what's, what are the sort of um, challenges you set yourself in terms of build up to a big test match? You know, we obviously didn't get a chance to put right the previous weekend, this weekend just gone. Um, so I think for us, it's about keeping that sort of energy and that emotion uh, and sort of putting it into training and, and, and putting things right really for us. Obviously, we're extremely frustrated um, and, and probably disappointed with ourselves. So I think for us, it's about, you know, transferring that in a positive way to the training pitch, raising standards. We've got to use it as an opportunity to grow as a squad. And I think it might be uncomfortable, but it's also something that's going to be ultimately uh, rewarding and, and hopefully pay off. So I think that build-up's all got to be right and, and it's all got to be, you know, intense enough. That's what we've got to focus on this week. Now, we're going to f- crack on. we do this with all the boys. They're quick-fire questions. Don't worry, we've had some remarkably daft answers sure. over the course of the past few weeks. So, please don't be afraid. Just It's literally a bit right like Roy Walker. Say what you see. Say what comes into the brain. Music bass is the first one. Yep. Uh, if you could only hear one music track ever again, what would it be and why? That's something fun. September, Earth, Wind & Fire. That would be a good soundtrack. Strong. Yeah. Okay, look, listen to that on the way home. We're getting thumbs up from everyone around here. Uh, what profession other than yours would you like to attempt? <laughs> something a bit left field, like a marine biologist or something. That would be a good crack. Yeah. yeah. Would David Attenborough a particular hero or just... Yeah, yeah, he'd be cool. I think that Blue Planet, yeah. definitely an inspiration for that. Which then leads us on to... This is a good segue. You're good at this. What's your favourite place on Earth? Morocco was good. I enjoyed Morocco. Yeah. Morocco was very good fun. Went there this summer. Where, 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 which one was on the bucket list? Bali, uh, Fiji. Yeah. Uh, Do you surf? I've tried to surf before, yeah. Most of the great open sides have been I've surfers. tried to surf uh, before. Okay, good yeah. lad. Yeah, I've good. Uh, your best <laughs> trivia fact? I was... I was a, a grade one pianist. It's not very impressive. I was, gonna uh, oh, say, I was in the papers when I was a kid. I, yeah. I had really big feet and hands and I was like, wearing, like <laughs> Wait, in, it's very small town in Ohio. There wasn't an awful lot happening. But I'm looking at your feet and hands now going, they're normal no, size no, feet yeah, and hands. Obviously now I've had an incident, but uh, <laughs> Did they think you were at, a hobbit? At, at the time, yeah, at the time I had like, three <laughs> How old month, I was wearing you? like three month old shoes as a newborn or something like that. It's a very small town in rural Ohio. So. Wow. Yeah, good. Who would play you in a movie? You're a good-looking man, though. You've got lots Joe of Joe Marler, maybe. Wow. Okay. No, come on. Really, you want someone way better than him? The guy from uh, The Hobbit. Yeah, Azog the Defiler. Oh wow, York maybe. Okay, I think one yeah. of the boys will give you that. Stride, I'd personally like. I think. Do you have a, a look? That's basically looky like. I don't think I do have. I'm still looking for a human look alike. Joe Marler's Joe Marler affectionately calls me Dogface. 
Um, <laughs> I think a few of the boys call me Azog, the guy, the guy from you know, or, yes. or, or any variation of an orc. They don't, they, they're not very what, witty. They with are it, but intimidated I'm, I'm still by looking, your I'm still looking for a human lookalike. So if anyone out there's got one, yeah, please, we'll get that. We'll, please do send in your thoughts for for Sam because apparently your nickname at Bath is Grandad. It kind of varies. To be honest, they're not that imaginative. They normally there's something to do with being boring or right. looking looking like not being the best looking guy in the world, which is a bit you know it's a bit rich around here. If I'm honest, like, <laughs> yeah, no, the there's not a lot one. of modelling contracts going around feeling. Penny Hill Park. But yeah. uh, okay, so what are you scared of? I really shouldn't be saying this. Spiders. Oh, okay, can't stand them. Right. Okay. So for mine is birds in a confined. Space. I say I'm fine with spiders when I see like, when I see them. I'm fine. It's just when like when, when I get surprised by them. That's when right. I get. You know, if someone like put one on me, that p- would please don't. I'd so you're get, not going to the jungle out. with Amazon. But like if I if I see one, I'm fine with it. I can hold them. Right. If, if if they get on me, I forget that I'm fine with them. What advice would you give your 12 year old self? I probably wouldn't. Because I'd probably change something along the way, and I'd probably be like, do you know what I mean? So you you advocate independent you like thinking the and future, independent you know learning? I mean? No, no, as in time travel wise, yes. I wouldn't want to go back and affect anything to now, because then I wouldn't be sat here. Yeah, to get, do you know what I mean? So I'd I probably, do. I'd probably leave myself to it, to be honest. Good. I think you got to mess Look, up a few times. A bit, to, a bit of a fatalist then, believe in what's going to be. You toss a coin to your which university. I don't know. I think that's science based. If you change something in the yeah, you know, so I think yeah. Trial and error. The I butterfly guess. effect. We're yeah. back on that. Well, Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Cheers, man. That's all for this week's England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. Many thanks to Sam Underhill, Sarah Byrne, Marley Packer, and of course, James Haskell. Don't forget to get this podcast straight to your device every week. Make sure you subscribe to us where you get your pods. And if you've got time, head to iTunes to review this podcast, just like Jake B. Spencer did excellent listen where you get to hear from the first team you certainly do jake and throughout the natwest six nations do check out the official england rugby social channels on facebook twitter instagram and snapchat for more content so join vernon next week where we get the inside line on another of your england heroes bye for now